Welcome to our podcast, How Would You Beat? In each episode, we pick a company and talk about how you could use jobs to be done innovation methods to beat that company's product. We'll discuss innovation theory and explain the methods so you can put the theory into practice at your company. I'm Jay Haynes, the founder and CEO of Thrive. That's Thrive without the vowels, thrv.com. We help product marketing and sales teams use jobs to be done innovation methods to build, market, and sell great products. I'm here with my colleague, Jared Ranieri. So today we've got a special guest, uh, Matt Bjornson. We haven't done too many of these with guests, but he is uh, a great person to have here on How Would You Beat using JTBD. Today we'll look at How Would You Beat Retailers, and Matt in particular has a background in retail and both jobs to be done. He's a retail and jobs to be done expert, which is kind of rare. Um, He was the director of product management at Target from 2016 to 2020. He was responsible for turning around the registry group at Target. And for those of you who don't know, you're probably familiar with Target, the company, but uh, it's done extremely well. It has uh, $22 billion in revenue, which is up 21% in the past year, which people might not have predicted uh, going into COVID. Um, Its market cap is approaching $100 billion, and it's up 65% in the past year. So clearly, the market thinks Target is doing something right. And Matt has direct experience with Jobs to be Done. Um, and he can talk to why is it useful for retailers? Why should retailers be using Jobs to be Done innovation methods? And how can retailers use Jobs to be Done to beat their competitors? Because certainly a company like Target has no shortage of competitors in the retail industry. So, Matt, it's great to hear your story. It's great to have you here. You know, we really enjoyed working with you and having a Jobs to be Done expert like yourself here on our podcast today is exciting. So we're excited to hear your story. Welcome. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jared. Uh, excited to be here. Um, so I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of a background uh, on our jobs experience at, uh, at Target. So um, have long been interested in jobs to be done theory. Uh, I've been in high tech products for a long time. So, you know, getting to know uh, the writings of Clay Christensen that, uh, in who put forth the, the jobs theory is, um, was always something I wanted to do. Um, and so when I became product director at Target over the registry experience, um, you know, we, we had, a, we had our, uh, jobs cut out to us, no pun intended, you know, it, it even though, uh, Target is one of the companies that most often people think about when, you know, they're getting married or having a baby and they need all those things to kind of support their, their, their new stage in life. Um, it, it, it the, the business overall had kind of fallen on some pretty tough times. And what was really interesting from my perspective about uh, about the opportunity when, uh, you know, I met with uh, my leader um, as part of the process was here is something that um, unlike any other part of Target's business, it crossed not only the digital channels, but also the store and team member channels. So, 
having uh, surfaces in the store that the you know that the that the guests, the, the expecting mothers or the the, uh, the couples would actually inter- interact with our team members as well as digitally. So that was a huge uh, um, area of interest for me. Um, and that even that uh, um, in my time as as product leader over registry, we saw massive shifts that were happening. So when I joined about um, about eighty percent of revenue was was coming from the stores and twenty percent digitally. You know, fast forward three years, um, that had drastically shifted to sixty percent digitally and forty percent in stores. so you've you've seen like all these behavior changes um, with our with our guests as a result of kind of you know just overall changes in um, and e-commerce and retail, obviously Target is doing very well as a result of COVID, which no one would see. But um, like I said, you know, the Target registry had had been at a really tough point. They had really no growth, you know, for a long period of time. And so uh, when I talked to my leader, he was pretty, pretty candid about, you know, what this opportunity was about. And it's really around like, uh, we need to grow the business again. And so yeah. it's interesting too, that looking at, you know, kind of the growth problem you're trying to solve with jobs to be done, that those particular jobs around registry, wedding, uh, an incredibly important relationship, if not the most important relationship in anybody's yeah. life, of course, um, and children, you know, having new children, et cetera. Those are both extremely functional and extremely emotional. You know, we yes. always, we always say we like to map out uh, kind of the dimensions of function and emotion and everything, everything contains emotion. Uh, but in some cases like that, you're, you're talking about people with very, very heightened emotions because you're dealing with, you know, your life partner and your children. So it's interesting, you know, if that played into some of your thinking around it. You know, I would say like, you know, fast forward, um, you know, once we, once you and Jared came out and we, we did the sprint with you, the, I would say one, the emotional, but also the social jobs were also super interesting as well. Um, you know, cause there's also this dynamic around expecting mothers want to appear like, you know, Hey, I've got the confidence to, you know, uh, take care of my child and, you know, very, um, uh, you know, obviously a baby is, is something that you got to keep alive and you got to continue to grow and nourish. And, and uh, so that was a huge opportunity that we saw with jobs that previously we like we would surface some of that as part of some of the research activities that we would do. But um, some of the key benefits around jobs was really like that some, some mental models and some consistent language to think about that we could, you know, so like, as you and Jared brought us through the sprint, like that language became part of, you know, not just product and not just designs language, but, you know, my counterpart in engineering, you know, they were also using that language um, around, you know, hiring and firing and, you know, making progress and, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, innovation in turn in the context of speed and accuracy, you know, those are just like huge wins um, for, for us as a team, 
as we were trying to actually roll this out and, and implement this. I would say the other part of that is really making a shift from kind of away from you know how the how the current business and the previous product leaders had thought about the registry as a business. And um it's it's very different from you know kind of traditional e-commerce where hey I'm going to target.com or some other retailer and I'm making a purchase. Um uh, you know, if, you know, someone in my family is having a, having a baby, like you could, you, you could empathize, like what, what do they really need to kind of help them be a good mother or, you know, help, help baby get to sleep at night. Those, that context around those jobs are very different from like, um, Hey, I got to bring a present to a wedding shower. I mean, that's, those, mm-hmm. those are two completely different ways to think about the same business. And yeah. As we sw- as we kind of shifted our thinking around that, that was really kind of a pivotal thing for that reinforced like um, how we organized the teams, how we thought about our our quarterly OKR planning, and and how are we thinking about some of our some of our key metrics as far as how are we measuring progress versus maybe some lagging indicators like you know, the traditional e-commerce type metrics, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a huge thing. And, you know, it was obviously a a multi-year effort, but, you know, going from no growth to, you know, in year three, we, we grew the business by 25% top line. So. Yeah. um, That's that's amazing story. Since this is how, how would you beat? I'm curious about the competitive situation you were in with the registry. Like who were your competitors? How did you think about taking share from them uh, before jobs to be done? And then how did you think about it after jobs to be done? Were there any shifts in how you approached your competition? It's really interesting, uh, Jared. I would say pre-jobs, you know, I mean, there's this, you know, the, the, the whole concept of a feature factory. So, you know, competitor XYZ releases this feature and, you know, there's this mad frenzy, like, why don't we have that? You know, stakeholders, like, why don't we have that feature and what have you? Um, and as part of the shift towards um, jobs, we, we really kind of reinforced the jobs that we were trying to solve. So prepare to bring baby home away from, Hey, I'm building a registry. Um, as you think more about that, I mean, the, the, the team thought of some really interesting things that, you know, no one in the registry space was really thinking about. So it, it really kind of opened our, our way of approaching our business, even though quote unquote, we're the registry team and there was these certain life moments that we were focused on, which I would say in retail is a huge opportunity, but it was more so about focusing on, hey, these are the, here's are the jobs that we're going after. And baby is in retail, you know, for Target, Amazon, Walmart, that's a very critical, it's a very critical, um, uh, demographic or segment that that retailers want to win because there's a lot of future habits change. You know, they they try new retailers because they're looking for you know ease of of getting what I need 
um, and how do I make that faster and, and, and better? And, and so there's a lot of, um, and Target had a lot of research as well to say, hey, there's a lot happening around shifting retailer loyalty, but really didn't. Um, and, and so they had lots of data around that, but they really have like the, um, the, the shift in mental models around, well, what would cause them to, to, to change. And so, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say Jared, it's a, it was a huge shift in, in terms of, well, okay, competitor XYZ, they're doing this um, to, to focusing on the job. It really provided teams with a lot of focus um, and a lot of, I don't know, kind of like shared language to use with stakeholders and, and, uh, even the guests, I mean, cause ultimately we wanted to bring the guest language back into those, into those jobs so that, um, as we look at the job steps and how well we're doing them, we can kind of objectively use their language to, to frame how the teams were thinking about and, and, uh, um, approaching opportunities. Yeah, that that's really great to hear, Matt. We we always say this too that one of the benefits of Jossie Don is first and foremost empathizing with your customer, and of course, in in your case, yeah. you know, you're getting married, you're having kids. Those are just like moments to really empathize with the struggle, not just hey, here's some yeah. to use, you should buy these, but really, what are they going through as their struggles? And the other is also to align your teams. So it's great to hear some of the internal perspective that it helped you reorganize your teams and focus on OKRs. And we see this more and more that companies set out these OKRs. And then how do those OKRs have anything to do with your customer struggle, right? Yes. The OKRs and you know, all the internal stuff is focused on the company's success, not necessarily your customer's success. And if you can bridge those gaps, really make the OKRs come together with what your customers are struggling. Just hearing your story, you know, that makes us just, you know, we love this stuff. Um, so that's, that's really exciting. And it's interesting also um, from a retailer standpoint and just, you know, with the theme of how you'd beat retailers, we always think of uh, this moment kind of registry and specifically, you know, new baby are, which sometimes go together, obviously um, that, that those are the moments, if you would have map out all the jobs to be done that a human goes through, you'd start with when they're born all the way yep. until they die. Yep. <laughs> and in there, you've got, you know, your personal life and all the jobs that you're going to need to get done when you're a baby until, you know, your funeral. And then you're going to need uh, all those business jobs because you're going to have, yep. you know, a professional and work life. Uh, and then along the way, you have medical jobs. <laughs> yep. So it's interesting that this really is like the starting point for the journey. So in an interesting way, retailers have this huge opportunity. Um, and I know, obviously, they all think about like, hey, we've got a baby that's a new customer. Let's like, how can we, you know, get that customer to be a customer for life? You know, banks think this way as well. Like, if you're in college, they're going to send you a ton of credit cards because if you set up your account with them, you're unlikely to switch your credit card, right? Same kind of idea. Oh, yeah. But they usually are focused, you know, on their products. What can we sell for this yeah. person? Yes. Maybe or what financial products can we sell to this person because they, they have a bank account. And the, the better way to do it is obviously, and it's great to hear that this would lead to your success at Target because you know thinking this way from your customer's perspective ultimately does lead to that kind of growth. And and 
25% growth. I mean, most companies would kill for that. That is like a game changer in growth rates. It changes your equity value, changes your market cap, changes your, you know, multiple, whether you're public or private, you know, everything changes with the increasing growth rate. Um, you know, Warren Buffett's famous for saying growth and value are tied at the hip and it's yeah. you know, totally true. Yeah. So that's really, it's an impressive story. It really is. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned, sorry, go ahead, Matt. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned um, leading versus lagging metrics. Um, I'd love to hear you talk about that a little bit. Like what metrics were you tracking that you would consider lagging metrics? And what were the new metrics that you started to look at that you felt were leading indicators of was something going to be successful or not? Yeah. So, um, I mean, this, this could be a conversation in and of itself, but um, so, I mean, in general, like retailers, like anyone else, they're looking at the ultimate lagging metric are sales, right? So, so I'm looking at like how, how much was purchased off registry on a weekly basis. And there's the categories that they purchased off of. And you can kind of like uh, do a, a pivot table there with like, um, you know, registry type and categories, et cetera. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's kind of typical how retail thinks about those things. But if you look at, um, and we, something that we talked about during the sprint with, with you both was really around like, you know, you've got the, you've got the job executor and you got the, the, the benefactor. And so we've got in registry is, is kind of like a, a poster child because it's closer to eBay than it is like, you know, going to target.com and purchase anything. So, you know, we've got the executor or, or uh, executor of the job and that's, that's the gift giver. And, you know, they're the ones who are like, I'm friends and family. I'm going, you know, Jared, I'm going to, you know, you're having, you're having a baby. And so I'm going to your shower or I'm, ha- I'm helping you out, um, you know, with, with whatever, you know, helping baby get to sleep at night or what have you. Uh, but you're the benefactor. And so like, um, you know, they have different functional, social, and, you know, kind of emotional aspects of those jobs. And, um, you know, I, for us, it really started to say like, okay, as a, uh, a benefactor, like, okay, yes, you want to get things, but how are you measuring progress? And so we would actually say, okay, um, we've got active number of registries. Okay. Well then how do we, how do we uh, suss that out to say, okay, we've got um, net new registries and then, you know, you're past your, you're past your, your due date. Um, Maybe there's some kind of long tail effect where, you know, your, your due date, you're going to still purchase off your uh, registry for the things that you didn't need after that. Um, but we started looking at teasing apart some of those metrics were on the on the benefactor side, and then, and and then you can go over on the um, the executor side of things and say, okay, like how often are they coming to the site to to look at things? Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, what are those kind of key categories that they're they're looking at? How how do you think about like pairing, um, pairing the perfect gift. So it's not just, you know, uh, it's not just diapers, but it's also, you know, the butt cream and the, 
and the and the wipes and it's uh, everything else, or you know, getting to sleep at night. If you're think if we were focused on that job, like you know, hey, there's maybe a I don't know what they're called, like the wrapped things, the swaddle things, and maybe there's like a, paired up with maybe a first couple books for for baby, and and so you start to think about like how how are those additional things that you can kind of get uh, get them to whether through personalization or through just curation, um, think about some of those things that are, are you trying to uh, identify where they're at with, with those jobs. And so rather than just sales, how do you break apart those, those numbers? And I, I feel, um, we kind of dipped our toe in the water that I think there's a lot more of, of metrics that we could, we could look at, to, to, identify other jobs other than preparing to bring baby home. You could look at other jobs like help baby get to sleep at night to say, how, how do, how do we know like where these things are lined up? And, and, you know, these are all the jobs that you need to do for bringing a baby home. But um, it, I feel we just scratched the surface. So we had it's some of the basic life cycle type metrics, you know, um, but we yeah. really tried to, to start to tease those apart into especially when you look at like new opportunities, like planning a perfect gift or something like that, like what, what would those metrics look like? Um, and so we started to, to piece those apart and tease those apart on a kind of a, we called them bets or um, at the opportunity basis that or feature basis that we were looking at. Yeah. It's almost like instead of measuring how much time some like, like trying to hit this goal of people spending a long time with the registry product, with the gift givers, you actually want to figure out how can you decrease how long it takes them to put together the perfect gift. Yeah. So um, that's kind of yes. interesting, right? And then you can yes. use the uh, gift receiver's reaction to that as a metric for was the gift good or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could track their experience as a parent to find out if the registry actually succeeded in preparing them to have this baby. So it's a totally different set of metrics than uh, what you would normally look at in a purchase funnel. And what I think is really interesting about that is that, you know, e-commerce is, is, is like the, the, the halcyon moment of being able to measure user behavior, right? Because you can measure every single click and you know at the end, do they make a purchase or not? But that can often lead to these really local optimizations, right? Because you're like, well, we don't wanna, if we don't know if it's gonna succeed, we don't wanna put that much uh, expense, that many resources into building something different because what if it breaks the funnel? So let's just A-B test everything to death um, and we'll know if our choices were good after we launch them. Um, and yeah. that is the definition of a lagging metric, right? You don't know if it's good until after you put it out there. Um, and because you're trying to measure after you launch it, you want to decrease the cost of every launch, which leads yeah. you to these incredibly minute local optimizations that only work, that only can create growth if you have a ton of traffic to start with. So if yeah. you're a new retailer, and you don't have the audience of somebody like Target, those local optimizations are going to get you nowhere. The question is, how do you get somebody to move from Amazon to go to your site in the first place, right? Your purchase funnel is not going to help you do that. So I I just think it's fascinating to think about like how these metrics of getting the job done can change your point of view and 
everything about how you operate as a retailer in e-commerce and create these much bigger growth margins. Yeah, a little rant and, about that. And I, <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to mention something too because um, we're covering a lot of detail too. So people listening might be a little confused about all of how the pieces of the puzzle will come together. Because um, Matt's mentioning, you know, the job beneficiary and the job executor, um, and those are you know really important customer identifications you need to make, right? Um, but the other thing that I think is interesting about this is the gift giver and the gift receiver. And as Matt was mentioning, and Jared was just talking about, you know, traditional e-commerce approach to that is going to look at these metrics and just see, you know, uh, what's going on with the gift giving and receiving. When uh, and since Matt mentioned it too, the a good example there is well, if you're a new parent and one of the jobs we know you definitely need to get done is to get a baby to sleep through the night. So we would take that job and we looked at this with Target and we said, okay, getting a baby to sleep tonight, if I'm going to hire Target, you know, in the job seat on language to help me get a baby to sleep tonight, how do I do it? And, you know, Matt, I remember when we first met with you guys, we walked around the store and you walk around Target yeah. store, like, hey, how do, how do I get a baby to sleep tonight? Clearly a, like an incredibly important, you know, job for parents. Jared yeah. and I, both happen to also have twins. We both have twins. So we've, oh you have twins getting a baby suit tonight is like, you know, it's even more important. It's a life or death situation. Yeah, it's a life or death. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but you couldn't do it. You literally couldn't walk into the store and say, oh, here's the get a baby suit tonight. There were different product categories. There's swaddles, there's bottles, there's diapers, you know, there's toys, pacifiers, um, and which I always find fascinating. There's literally, the, you know, a pacifier display. And if you give your baby a pacifier, they will absolutely not sleep through the night. So the, it's the anti getting a baby sleep tonight you know, <laughs> system. Um, but if you're, if you're looking at it from a registry perspective, you're saying, okay, well, if I am going to um, put together a registry, one of the things I need to do is get a baby sleep through night. And that's where you can really help those gift receivers. You know, the new parents say, okay, this is my goal. And then from the gift giver, if I could give a new parent the gift of getting your baby to sleep through night, that would that was probably the you know best gift you can give any parents. And it's funny, I you know because we had twins, we had to use some method, and it worked really well with our kids. So every new parent, I always would, I wouldn't, I couldn't do it through a registry because it didn't exist yet, but I would go to their house and I'd be like, okay, here's how we did it. And we, you know, our four kids, every single one of them slept twelve hours every night after 90 days of being born. And no one believed it, right? Other parents were like, that can't happen, you know? And it turns out you need a lot to make it happen. But because we had twins, we researched it. We were very motivated to yeah. figure out how to get this job done. But that is the way we break it down, is looking at it from the perspective of the gift receiver, what's the job? I don't just need a swaddle blanket. You know, why do you need a swaddle blanket? Well, because mm -hmm. I'm trying to get my baby to sleep tonight. And then from the giver, and, and you know, Matt, you mentioned this and Jared too. I think it's really, it's great to say, well, if you can get that job done as fast as possible for the person, you know, going to the registry and creating the gifts they need and for the gift giver, it's the optimal scenario. You know, you don't have to spend a ton of time looking around trying to figure out which things should I give them? You know, do I give them this bottle blanket? Do I give them these diapers? Is this bottle, you know, you just, you know, it's going to help them get their job done. Yeah. So Matt, maybe, um, and, and sorry, Jared, did you have a question there? No, just one thing that uh, to point out, I just searched on target.com, get a baby to sleep. 
And I, I got some product listings, like a, a couple swaddles and a sleep trainer. And then I got an ad for Ollie sleep supplements, delightful gummies for a good night's rest. I, I, I hope Target's not recommending you give those to a baby. Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, must be an but it's just like, I mean, this is a great example of like even keyword yeah. searches are about yeah. getting jobs done or not right like we always talk yes. about how google is the ultimate like find tools to get jobs done engine because search yeah. works so well and the ads even the ad server needs to be a part of this right that's a part mm -hmm. of the customer experience so when i as a parent go on target and i search for get a baby to sleep and i see ollie's it really throws me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I remember we we did that same search on Amazon, you know, when we were working with Matt and the first result in Amazon, which is a good way to do your competitive analysis. You yeah. Know. So uh, the first result on Amazon was go the F to sleep, which is a pretty, you know, well-known book, <laughs> but it, it clearly has nothing to do with helping you get your yeah. to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And well, great. Well, well, Matt, um, let me say just at the end here, maybe if there, if there are three things that you could tell other, you know, product managers, director of products or product executives, you know, anybody listening who might be thinking like, Hey, Jossie Dunn, what are the three things that I need to know about Jossie Dunn? Either, you know, how to do it or why it's valuable or how to overcome some obstacle. You know, what are your kind of three top three thoughts on jobs to be done? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say one of one of the first things, you know, every large organization, you know, talks about how customer focused they are. Uh, I would say that um, jobs theory is really the best way to bring that to life, because it's not just uh, you know talking about the, the 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 metrics piece of it. It's not just the end result. You're, you're really trying to tease apart the why that they're making, you know, why are they choosing Target, why are they choosing Amazon or what have you. And that why is really the important aspect of that. Of course, we want sales and what have you. And until you get to that point, um, you can kind of come up with personas or, or whatever kind of fantasy, like, you know, tool sets that you want to use. But um uh, I, I, until you kind of like bring to these and understand why people, people have fired you. So wh why did, why did you fire target registry for this? And, and, you know, what were some of the causal mechanisms behind that? Until you start understanding that you really don't understand your customer at all. The other part of it is, 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 and we don't have time to do this, but is really kind of like, okay, who else am I really competing against? And so you know, it may be someone from, you know, I'm not competing with Amazon or, or Walmart. Um, maybe it's, it's something completely different um, that you don't, you don't know about. So, um, and I think that's where like a lot of potential innovation can, can really come from. Um, so I think the, the other part and uh, around jobs is, um <laughs> As a product leader, you really need to understand that this is going to take time and the investment is worth it. Um, but you really need to prioritize, like, where should we, where should we go with this first? Like, you know, I, I was fortunate. I had a leader who, who supported uh, my perspective, my point of view. Um, 
And, uh, you know, that obviously meant a lot, but that allowed me and the, and the team to kind of go out and, and pursue this, this opportunity. But it, it took us time, you know, it was, you know, just bringing you and you and uh, Jared in for a sprint was just the starting point and the, the hard work and, um, uh, of really kind of flushing those things out is, is it, it, it comes over time. It, it takes, takes time and investment and, um, it takes a lot of, of communication with them. You know, everyone in target loves registry. They love baby registry. Um, so whether it's marketing, merchandising, uh, store ops with the team members, like everyone was super passionate about it. And it also involves like communicating with them, like the shifts um, and why, why we're trying to make this, um, why this make the shift. And so ultimately it's around growth and what have you. Um, but I think the other part of it is, is, um, and I think this is where, this is probably maybe um, uh, one of the challenges. I think the sweet spot is, is organizing teams around jobs. Because if, if and not all, you know, you can't go after everything, but, um, uh, but those critical skills uh, or, or critical jobs that are so important and vital for your, your business, um, you you deserve to invest in those. If those are really priorities, you really need to just go deep on those. And so, you know, at Target, there was another team. Um, I think I think I introduced you to, to Andy Weisbecker, but he was over the flagship app. They had also organized at the same time Registry did um, around jobs because we we both saw it's such a pivotal thing for us to not only prioritize development and engineering, but also where are we going to research? Where's the opportunities? So I know that's, that's probably three or five things. Yeah, that's great. No. And I think that's a great way to end uh, because that, that does take us back to Clay Christensen, you know, who obviously yeah. helped um, spread jobs you done thinking and jobs theory throughout the world. And he said specifically that, which in competing against luck, which is a book we have. Yeah and everybody that companies really need to organize around their customer's job because they organize yeah. the company around what the company needs to do. Yes. And that can lead to disaster. I mean, of course, just Kodak, yes. Blackberry, Britannica, all the like historical examples, you know, <laughs> they yep. work organized around their customers and now they're no longer companies. Um, so that's really great to hear. I mean, we, we love to see this because, you know, a lot of times it, we can seem like we're talking about theory, but just Matt to have your experience and expertise and in, in really, this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, totally. And it's really great to see, you know, product teams adopting this stuff and implementing it with such great successful results like you've had. And uh, yeah. that's great. Well, thanks so much for being here today. Hopefully um, I think this was very enlightening um, and certainly anybody who wants to follow up and learn more, um, we have a lot more resources they can learn about. So Matt, thanks again for being here. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for listening to our How Would You Beat podcast. Visit us at thrive.com. That's T-H-R-V.com to get our free how-to guides and try our Jobs To Be Done software for free.